Welcome, 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 welcome to a very special episode of Baby Babe, the podcast by Chanel Creating. I'm your host, Chanel Creating, and I have a really cool special guest host today. Her name is Ray Sani. She's a comedian and podcaster. Her show, The Cast with Ray and Jacquees, is available everywhere podcasts are found and heard everywhere you're listening to this. And you can follow her at Ray, R-A-E, Sani, S-A-N-N-I. And I'm so excited excited to have you because like basically if you're on a podcast that means that it is really like getting into the depths of like, <laughs> pop culture and like like you're the indicator so I'm so excited to have you on oh wow thank you that's so nice to say uh yeah I'm obsessed with other people's business yeah. um and so this is a way to like get to talk about other people's business without getting in trouble with your friends or being a gossip, you know. That's a good point. That's why it's like people have friends who watch these shows and you like build a whole like friend group yeah. over it because it's like we need to speak the same language. Like I need you yes. to know what I'm talking about or else I'm going to resort yeah. to real life gossip, you know. So yes. Yeah, it's hard if you to have friends who don't really, really respect this, but oh well. So um yeah. <laughs> They're like we're gonna you ask have friends in twenty twenty one who are like hating on reality T V. Not so much that, just I can't convince them to watch shows. Okay, so, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. It's like there's That's still interesting to me, though, because I maybe it's just that everybody I know watches reality television, including my parents. But, like, I can't conceive of why in 2021 you can't have found a reality show that suits you still because there's so so much of it now. And it's, like, so casually a part of the television system. It seems weird that there would still be holdouts because, like, reality TV is, like, 30 years old, you know? That's, That's interesting. That's right. Well, and think about, though, like, how easy it is to access reality TV now. Yeah. So, like, I have, I have a friend in, in mind who she, like, just watched The One on Netflix now. I have no context yet of what that show is. Yeah, what is that? It's like a dating show, but it's oh, like... Oh, I don't do the dating shows. Right, except for but, this one, obviously. But on the flip side, like, I can't... Like, I can't reference Vanderpump. You know what I mean? She, oh, she's not caught can't. up. But, okay. like, so it's like, but with that friend, like, she watches reality, but she watches ones you can just open up and watch in 10 episodes and be done with, you know? Oh, so, okay. You know she doesn't, saying? like, live in the history yeah. of the yeah. characters and things like that. Okay. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's it's like like you know reality television feels a little bit like literature the way that <laughs> feels like literature you know where it's just like oh I've seen you grow up this is like a coming of age for you like the hills is a coming of age novel for you know LC or whatever and so like it's so surprising that people don't but I'm glad you like it I'm glad you podcasting about it you know um, and yeah. you're so right about like needing the same language like I have so many friend groups where we come together and we watch Housewives and that's all we talk about and it's weirdly intimate because it's like you learn so much about someone's psychology by how they respond to somebody else or like what they're attracted to in characters you know so it's like, I've been thinking a lot, you know, about myself, even because of New York, because I'm like, what is so attractive to me about women who are villains on TV? Why do I like that so much? You know, and 
which one of my friends agree with me about this brilliant villain or which one of my friends refuses right. to see the complexity in this person? Are they judgmental in other places kind of thing, you know? It's yeah. like if a friend doesn't see what you see, the clock starts ticking on that friendship. Yes. Because like, <laughs> if you feel this way about New York, how do you feel about me? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I like a, a spirited debate because it's like, yeah, it's like, I remember the first season of Flavor of Love not liking New York probably until like the episode, before, mm-hmm. like when they go away, you know, and then I started to understand the majesty of what she was capable of, you know what I mean? But it's like, would I judge me back then now? Like, what's wrong with you? You don't get that she's amazing. Do you just like black women? Are you harsh mm-hmm. to black women? You know, things like that. You have to ask the hard questions. I think for me, I don't remember my reactions when I was younger because I definitely watched this like live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but when I look back at it now, it's like, I don't even, I don't even define villainy the same way because it's like in a dating show, I think I've adapted, like uh, adopted the idea of like, you're there for the man. So, right. York is the number one in the house for Flav. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. whether you think it's fake or not, like, that's actually what she's doing. So, I've, like, just been standing her day after day on this show because <laughs> I, like, I can't, because I know I wouldn't have been able to come with that level of, like, sex appeal. Like, I truly would have flopped. You know what I mean? So, I think that's <laughs> so awkward, too. <laughs> yes, imagine. Oh, but you know what? Maybe that's why I liked Hoops back then because, like, Hoops has tomboy energy and like I'm not like super tomboy but like I've always been like not very sexy not like a little awkward not shy as a person but shyer with men you know what I mean so like Maybe that's what I was attracted to about hoops. You know, and and then speaking on how shows like tell you something about yourself, this rewatch for me has like triggered me because I'm like, oh, of course, hoops. Thanks. Everyone wants her and everyone wants to be with her. You know, like it just, whatever you're going through in that moment, it just kind of like brings it back up. So um, I (laughs) love this show. Um, Yeah, it's been wonderful. Okay, so let, let, so we're talking this episode about the reunion episode. So um, after the loving is what it's called. And I literally, for anyone listening or watching, I skipped episode nine, which is like the recap, um, because I will tell you, like watching Flav in a row like this was a it started to upset me. Like it started to get to me a little bit the way he talks. The fact that, like, the way he rhymes but doesn't rhyme, like, his <laughs> I would start to, I start to resent him over time. Um, and so, like, I just was like, okay, delete scenes, I'm gonna skip, but I'm really, I'm back into it for this. Um, and it was hosted by Lala, which is, which is a great, a great, um, she's an, an amazing VJ, like, host. Yeah, she's great. But it's also, I'm also just like, why her? Like, at the time, this, she was the brand of this trashy ass show. No, but she was probably the only popular black person Viacom had that would talk about this show, right? Like, wasn't there a time where, like, even, like, was it Charlemagne the God and, like, DJ Envy and, like, Amanda Seals were the only people on MTV <laughs> talking about hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm wondering if it's, like, a something like that where it's just, like, okay, yeah. let's just bring the Black people over from MTV to, to talk about 
it has to be. But you know what? I just th- I just thought of the most crazy crossover and potentially in imagination. But I don't know if you grew up with 106 in part. Yeah, of course. Okay, okay, great. Because I feel like it's a thing. Like you have to have had that in your life. And so, can you imagine like <laughs> freaking AJ hosting the reunion and what? Oh my gosh! would have went crazy. Man, free. Now that you say that, like free makes sense. Yes, because yes. she would have went home with Flay probably. Like free. Was it. free was it. <laughs> I kind of like um, Lala's uh, low-key kind of classing it up. I don't like, to, I don't want to say it like to make it sound like these women are trash, but like Lala like brought a stabilizing element to me, I think. Like she made me go, no, 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 this is not how anything is supposed to go. <laughs> like she's funny. But then she also has like a Wendy Williams kind of esque thing going on where she's just like, listen, they just gave me the paper now. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I do you fancy. What you're saying is so accurate. I think that's why it resonated with me because I wanted somebody who's going to be like, I bet you won't hit her. I bet you won't do it. Like, I want to instigate it. <laughs> but no, but Lala, she did great. Please don't. Um, You know, obviously, you know, she's probably weird seeing pre Kardashian Lala though, isn't that crazy? Like the Lala today has such a a um, flattened like influencer minded brand. You know what I'm saying? Like Lala today is like here's a very curated picture with Ciara, and here's another very curated picture with Vanessa Bryant, and here's the one with Kelly Rowland. Like she's very image conscious in a way that it was refreshing to remember Lala before she was. PR all the time. Yeah, yeah. She don't like cute jeans. You know what I mean? It was like she sounded herself. And her bang wasn't like perfect and like yes. you know I mean? no. she's wearing Beyonce from two thousand three fashions. You know what I mean? Like it was like it was, so- it was Yeah, it was <laughs> it's it's uh it was nice to see Lala be a person again. That's true. Yeah, I think yeah. Okay, sorry, because I could get into Lala side notes <laughs> about like <laughs> And Carmelo and everything, but yeah, so yeah. I'm a Knicks fan. So my first note on the page is the crowd is all white. This is the first problem. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. Good on you for spotting it. I just I did this ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I did become hyper conscious of race though when all of the women came out. I was like, oh wait, mm-hmm. okay. I understand why some of the dynamics were what they were because I haven't watched the first season in a long time. But, you know, things like Red Oyster versus like Rain and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, there are racial things also happening here. Yeah, I mean, not to forget, like, I think even there were little tones of it all throughout, like in the first couple episodes, one of the girls was like, I thought the producers like planted these words in her mouth, but she was Mm -hmm. like, some of the girls would be ghetto. And it was just like, you go back to the iconic pumpkin versus New York fight, which is literally light versus darkness. You know what I mean? It was was the ultimate racism square off and so i mean uh, it was it was and and it god forgive me for no pumpkin also looks like an old white woman you know what i mean she like she was young but she was old in the face god forgive me that's not nice but like so so it was like it was like seeing her 
yell at New York or like spit on New York felt like history was part of that. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then for her to be calling New York a man is transphobic to me in a specific kind of way. Like, you know, because like black women in particular Absolutely. get hit with that. And so I was like, yeah, you definitely could not get away with none of this shit today at all. I've called um, on this show. I've called Pumpkin Pensatucky because she really gives me that vibe. Of, like, <laughs> that's where she's really from. <laughs> I would be so sad if I reminded anybody of Pensatucky. <laughs> but that's her vibe. I'm like, ew, like go back to the. I- I've said some problematic stuff about her on this show. I feel like that was balancing the scales out. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like seeing them again was almost upsetting to the equilibrium because like oh this is a show oh shit like these are women who got casted like hey like let's let's reset for this environment and i just want you i don't know if you noticed this but lala in introducing it calls flave the seventh wonder of the hip-hop world and i was like uh, okay <laughs> oh this whole episode was them overhyping flave so much and yeah. like there's a moment toward the middle of the reunion we'll talk about it i'm sure where i'm or no toward the end of the reunion and i'm just like does flay think this is real like does flay yes. think that <laughs> this is his mansion and like his house like does flay they have him on a throne and he's like talking to the women like he like he really thought he was finding his girlfriend on the show you know and i was like after all but speaking of that, like speaking of Flav's whole, whole countenance, Flav has worn some wild bedazzled outfits the whole season. And he comes out in an outfit for like a seventh grader's graduation. Like he looked so tame. He had a striped shirt. Where's oh, yeah. The yeah. Where's, the, where's the cape? I'm just like, Flav, like, the suit. Yeah, and the glasses. I'm like, Flav. He had his face very neat and, and pulled back. Yeah. I guess maybe that's Flav dressed up, dressed like a normal person. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, I gotta leave the house. I don't know how people react if I leave and I'm not in control of this environment. I don't know. But I was a little bit like overwhelmed by that. He, um, this is a small detail, but this really bothered me. He had full length daisies that he threw into the crowd. Like, it was just the most, like, it's like, it's like take something normal and then just make it slightly just wrong. And that's mm-hmm. flayed. Right? So he's yes. throwing out full length daisies into the crowd. Yeah, everything about this show is just bootleg. It's the bootleg something else you know mm-hmm. it's like something slightly like you said something slightly off and this is just like the bootleg the bachelor you know and here's a bootleg rapper and mm-hmm. then it's like here's a bootleg reunion set here's a bootleg cast you know mm-hmm. he gets on his throne and sh- and um you know lala's like let's shout out big rick and flay just goes big rick like that's it like that's <laughs> <laughs> And he gets to the throne, girl. His legs were swinging. Yo, listen, terrible. (laughs) Like whatever. Who is it? Who is the nice son on Game of Thrones, looking like the baby when he (laughs) stop? And then you know how I said earlier how Flav gets on my nerves. This is what I mean. So instead of just being like, "Oh, Big Rick, I appreciate him," he goes, "I ain't gonna lie. As all the boats be in the dock, Big Rick be holding my clocks." Oh dear! Like stop! It's so upsetting at this point. Like stop, court. Have you ever rewatched like The Surreal Life or anything like that? In addition to, no, I don't think uh, I. Do. I think I'm able to. No, you probably would have. I 
don't even know if they're available. I'm sure that shit is probably very toxic, very problematic. But it's like very clear to me that all these white executives maybe were like, yeah, Slave, this is great. More of that when he was on the surreal life. But that's because he was like probably the only dark skinned black person in a room full of white people, right? So like it made him a standout in the early 2000s on an all-white show when VH1 used to have a white audience. And so, like, he's probably performing that version of himself. For a show with a Black audience and Black cast members, it feels very weird and out of place. Because it, it feels so unnatural up against Black people. And like, right. what is he performing? Right, because we don't talk like that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's exactly. not like that's Like, even your uncle doesn't really talk like that. Like, maybe, but if he did that every time, you'd be like, uncle, stop. You're, you're, yeah. you, we invite you to the cookout. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, so I think that's what it is. It's like, play, like you're right. It is performing, and it feel it doesn't feel um like like I think I I I I have a theory over over this whole season that Flav like is battling major insecurities still, mm-hmm. and I, just, I think that's the whole thing of wearing a shirt that's too big, or you know, like not wearing clothes that mm-hmm. you're not, uh, and or even just how he asks women if they're really here for him. Like everyone acts that, but the way Flav acts it is like as if they couldn't possibly. And I'm like. Flav, you have money. You know women like you, period. But Flav is um, in general, I think not ugly. I've re- I've come fully around on that. Flav is like a perfectly normal looking black man. But I feel like mm-hmm. he performs as if he's just, he wasn't told he was that. So, well, I, I mean, can you imagine him born where he was born in the time he was born being told he's beautiful? Absolutely not. I don't, I can't believe that that would have happened. And, no, you know, right. and even if you think about his place in Public Enemy, I'm sure it sucks to be known as the hype man to the genius. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure there's a bunch of reasons for Sla- for Flav to feel slighted, yeah. you know, and to, to and he's a man, but he's a small man. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'm sure also the whole flavor of love thing is like the second win because he had to be on the surreal life because he was a joke now. And so for it to magically turn into this dating show after a show with Brigitte Nielsen of all people, mm-hmm. like he probably did feel insecure because it's like, what the fuck is happening? I was a joke five minutes ago, mm-hmm. but now women are rich joke. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. or maybe he wasn't rich, but suddenly famous again. Like, he right. probably didn't understand what was happening. No, I, I'll give that to him for sure. So it's it just, I I do want to keep that in perspective because I don't think, I, I feel like in these shows, I assume these men are like just here for the check, but I feel like Flav is also going through some type of journey. So I think that's mm-hmm. interesting to look out for. Um, they start to give us moments from the season and these are, like, I know this was the first of its kind in a lot of ways, but some stuff was still like, you had to know, right? So, like, they show Miss Latin calling her boyfriend. It's like, <laughs> girl, <laughs> you have to have some idea that the cameras are not going to turn away and not look. Like, you know you're going to get caught. And so, I just really, like, I actually think she's a really hidden villain because she left so early. Like, that was extremely yeah. bad, you I know? Mean, so, even the way she argued with with Red <laughs> Oyster later, I was just like, oh, you're an asshole. Um, and 
I, well, it's weird, right? Because it still is like in a brand new era of TV, of reality TV. So it's like, it's still really honest and authentic, but also people are opportunists from the beginning of time. And so it's like, these women, some of these women were being opportunistic, but they weren't slick in the way that reality TV people who are opportunistic know the game now. So mm-hmm. it was like a strange thing. It's like, yeah, of course I went on Flavor of Love. He definitely wasn't her ex-boyfriend. I bet he was her current boyfriend, right. but she got cast on a reality show. And like, it was weird seeing that argument kind of happen, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's just like, Oh, you're not here for him. And it's like, well, bitch, it's a reality show. Like, of course I'm not here for him. But there's like two or three of them who think we got to be here for him. It was, it's, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think she was definitely just there for a check and got mad because she got exposed as a fraud. And we held that against people back then. Right. I just would still too, though, because I'm like, just don't call the nigga for like a week. Like, just like, keep it low. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's like day three and you're in the fall. Yeah. Very stupid. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so don't like her. Um, they showed Georgia and Rain and they, um, it hurt me because I wanted them to be on a show where they could actually find love. Because they were not in the right environment yeah. for the type of love they were trying to offer. Like, they genuinely were like, Flavor's a strong black man. I want to show him that black women can love him. And he was like, mm, I'm looking for the titties. Like, please. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, not the not- love about shows. Like, like, I, like, I can't watch The Bachelor because The Bachelor pretends to be honest or like yeah, earnest. I'm not honest either. Mm-hmm. And, but like, this show, it's so funny because like, we just had a moment where we're like oh poor Flay like he probably isn't insecure like guy he's empathetic but it's like this show made very plain all the bullshit the bachelor was trying to hide which is like the men are here for the titties okay yep. and he wants to see the girls fight okay <laughs> and like any you know and so like it felt coercive in a, in a certain kind of way where it's like Flay is telling the truth about the genre you know like Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a. Sorry, I was gonna say I was gonna add to that and give like a long side note because this show kind of like I feel like there's a parallel with this and like misogyny because you know when men I'll use that as a some men I don't want to generalize are like you know monogamy is not natural and I gotta sow my oats and they try to create this whole like idea around the fact that they can never commit and they try to claim that as like a man thing but when you think about it like that could generally be a human thing like all women don't want to commit all women don't want to be like in this relationship that's going to like take so much from them and they're not going to get much out of it like everybody only really when you break it down wants to be in a relationship that really really serves them and sometimes dating multiple people is better to bring it together to this if mm-hmm. i was on this show i'm not looking for love either like i don't think that's a man thing i think it's like if there's 20 men out here trying to impress me i'm like okay let's do let's pull the pants down let's get in order let's you know what i mean like <laughs> let's talk about bank accounts like let's do it and then i'm gonna, and I'm gonna know that I'm, i have no reason to want to pick one because i want season two 
Like, I want to pick the wrong one for me. So it's like, yeah, like, I think they make it seem like, oh, men just don't know. Like, a man just can't pick the right one for him because they're so dumb. Like, no, like, nobody would want to pick one if you have 20 people definitively. Like, I've never had people after me at one time. You know, I can't. Exactly. There's no way that you can be in genuine pursuit of love when it's 20 hot people throwing (laughs) um, themselves at you simultaneously. Like, there's no way that you aren't distracted you know in general and then it, but I also just think it's hilarious that it's like here's this huge misogynist and it's like like I you have to buy in at some point just to watch these shows you know what I mean yeah. where it's just like it's like okay I feel bad for this guy who's probably insecure or whatever but he's manifesting his insecurity in just a very toxic masculine mm-hmm. kind of way and so it's like that's what it means to be straight right like you just are excusing misogyny so you can have a partner or at least see Ugh. you know you know like yeah. I mean no you're right cause it's, it's like, true yeah. like it's just like we're just walking around like hoping that if we make these concessions this connection with a misogynist can happen and it's like relativity you know it's like okay well (laughs) inherently whomever I'm going to be with is going to be a misogynist so can I reduce the amount of misogyny there is can I like limit that or whatever and I can't imagine looking at Flavor Flav and seeing all of what is happening in this mansion and be like, he would be a great father to yeah. our daughter. <laughs> One of the guests um, came on and she was giving me half information and I actually declined because I didn't want to be tainted. But Flav has like six kids and he may yeah, or may not have had like a serious relationship during this time. And yeah, so I just don't wanted- you remember there was a woman at the end of season three's reunion that he brought out who had just had his baby? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I've been blocking it out because it'll, it'll like, I want to, I want to buy into this. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like, right. It's not fun for me anymore. But yeah, like, I don't necessarily, but I then, think that, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No, but then that, that confuses me about Flav some more because it's like, well, if you had a girl the whole time, why did you get so mad about the women talking about you as an object if you've been objectifying them too? It's been, it's weird. It's like, do you think the show is real or not? You know, yeah. it's like a strange thing. I think that's the vortex of flavor of love. Like, you know, it's all for fake, but you still feel like there's a glimmer of hope. I don't know. Like, that's why this show is so amazing because I never thought that, I, I mean, if they even had gotten together, New York would have used Flav as a launch pad in the crazy, oh, and yeah. she did, right? But like, I, still wanted that to happen so that New York would have her flowers as the winner even though I knew it wasn't a real relationship so like you do still get invested in some weird way um so anyway okay so we we (laughs) I don't obviously as we talked about before we may not be able to get through all this stuff but I just wanted to um I do think what's interesting too is how endeared we got to New York when there were women who like you know, you just think about how fate would have it like we might have been invested in Georgia or rain like there were some women who were so serious about Flav like mm-hmm. almost where it's like yes that's why you left because you're too intense boo I don't know you I can't deal with like yes. follow you've been you know uh, what's it called tailgating my shows since I was I don't actually want to <laughs> that is stress yes that is so stressful that is so stressful and also like who I would not well you know people are into dom and sub stuff but it, sh- it would not be me worshipping my partner no 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 mm-hmm. no you know like it, just such a power imbalance also like 
I, you can't win if you were one of 20 who showed up at the same time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. even if you win, quote unquote, you can't win. It's just yeah, such no a power way. imbalance. Such a weird thing. I don't know. I think but it's real. fun TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause it, cause that's kind of how, um, you know, again, talking about some men, like setting up dating to be this thing where women have to compete, like as if this idea that one spark will rise above the flames. And it's like, sir, your habits are creating an environment where you cannot really build intimacy with anyone. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, exactly. in, yeah. And you're looking for this like, so, this like act of God to tell you someone's worth committing to, but it's just a practice. You just go date and figure mm-hmm. it out. So yeah, it's like, um, the, the, again, this is why the show is amazing because of the fact that it can make us think about like truths of life. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Also, what was like weird to think about is along the lines of what you said with Rain and Georgia, and it'll come, I'll mention it later, I'm sure. But like, mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, um, what made it so that we didn't like Red Oyster, but we were perfectly okay with New York? Like, what was the difference? And so I was just like racking my brain, mm-hmm. you know, and just like that, like, what could have made like the beginning the early time of reality tv is fascinating because it's like nobody knew they're all pioneers so what Mm -hmm. did production see in new york that they didn't Mm -hmm. see in red oyster what did the audience not connect to that they connected to with new york eventually you know what i mean and it's like one one argument or scene could have changed the history of reality television like right. it could have been red oyster that vh1 invested in if she were charming you know what i mean or you know so I, they do the theory, same exact thing yeah no my theory though is that like you look at the longevity right like did 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 vh1 invest in new york absolutely but like tiffany was always going to be tiffany like right. and when you look at like her mother like you know she's been training for this Is like, that you know, her mother is that really is that her real mother? I believe so. She's come up another racking my brain probably for fifteen years trying to figure this so I can't tell if that's her real mother. Because how how are you a normal person if you have, is, is her mother acting as well? There's no way that you successfully raise a child if you are that kind of mother. She said I would I would have run away from home like twenty times. Wow, that is shocking to me because it really worked for me. <laughs> like I was just like, of course this is her mother. <laughs> it works for me. It works for me. Like watching the show, I'm saying that's why I'm like, is this woman an actress? Because she, there's no way she's really that woman's mother. They're very dramatic. I don't know. I'm laughing because I'm thinking like, what would me and my mom as a duo look like on TV? And my Nigerian mother would not oh, get <laughs> Yeah, no, my um and watch I, me date Flavor Flav. <laughs> oh, she would come, she would just be like, Oh, oh, that's him. Oh. Like it would just be a lot. it would she wouldn't invest. She would be like, Oh, oh. Sorry. I, I just think that if I had to say hotter or colder, me and my mother would be warmer towards what they end up looking like. I, I don't okay. think it would be that I mean, so it was like it didn't feel that that off brain to me, but no, I do think that would be even better if that was an actor because it's like the genius there. Um, but no, I just like I, even like the, even when you it has to be her real mom, you know, but like even when you get to like the New York shows, it's like this woman can't be real talking to these people like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, how she's she one million, bro. She's that's what I'm saying. I, that's that was kind of my theory. Like, I think that, yeah, did she come at the right time, right cast, whatever. But she also is just like some people have the star power and they were going to make it no matter what. And I, and I love seeing that with black women. Cause I feel like 
they try to tell you that story of like Hollywood of old and it's like always mediocre ass white talent where you're like I guess Shirley Temple could tap dance a little bit but she wasn't that good you know where it's like you're like New York is undeniable like I see it you know and um but I also have another theory that I think if New York wasn't on the season Hottie would have had the buzz that New York ended up that was also something that was also something I too I was like Hottie was the one who made me go oh you know you're you're working this you get reality tv but it was like she did too much like she was just enough on the other side of much it's like you really microwaved a raw chicken and gave it to his mom like that's that was just like too much of a stunt you know what i'm saying yep yep new york knew what i what i love about new york and i almost want to think it's like a you know there's there's this running joke about like new york kids just grow up so quickly like y'all like mm-hmm. like they go to they drink coffee black coffee at nine in the morning on the way to school <laughs> <laughs> like and I just imagine that like so, yeah. I'm so young yeah. but we don't grow up it's weird because like we're growing young but we don't grow up so it's like when you're 13 all of a sudden you're 25 but you're also like right. 25 and 13 until you're 40 if that makes right. sense right like, and so you grow up early but then you're in a permanent kind kind of Peter Pan kind of place for a long time. And New York makes you grow up early, but it doesn't make you responsible adult for a long time. For me anyway. There you go. So that so I think that's that is exactly what I'm saying. That's still consistent. Because I feel like New York like had possession of her feminine wiles like years mm-hmm. before I knew where to look for them, you know? And so I'm, <laughs> I just kind of attribute that to like an East Coast culture of like, you know, like mm-hmm. just, you know, women know what they have to offer and like and and I don't know. I don't I, I can't even speak to it. But I but with that said, I think that that's another reason why like there's all these factors that make her amazing because what she mm-hmm. would do with slaves, she gave Flav like 1950s housewife energy like whatever you want I'll run your bath I'll be ready and then she turned around to everybody else and was like look I'll cut you like let's do it. I mean, like and that's why I stand her because she knew her audience. Like she knew right. like some people. Um, and and I and in a way, I almost still think that's con- that's consistent with who she is. I don't think there's like a fakeness to that. Whereas I like, like people who, pleasing to the people she wants to please, right? Right. And I, I mean, I just don't necessarily. I don't know. I think we all just know somebody who, like, when it comes to them and their man, they're like, yeah, I got slaying the carpet out. And then when it comes to their friends, they're like, look, I don't like that you did this and I just want to yeah. fight about it. And they're like, what, what do I am? He, he should get some of this. So, I don't know. I just, I, I appreciated her in a different way watching her in my late 20s than I would have watching her in my teens right. whenever this came out. So, um, I don't know. I don't know the theory of what, of, of who should have been and would have been. I just know that I firmly believe she would have been who she is no matter what. Cause you look at like a hoops who had all the beauty, all the colorism on her side and she dated an NBA player and then we don't really hear from her no more. And so it's like but she, she had, dated an NBA player after anybody gave a fuck about that NBA player. I was actually surprised. You know what though? Hoops would have soared in the NCAA. Instagram era because all you have to do is be pretty light skin and put your bo- put your booty out she would have had every athlete in her dms like okay i'm surprised she don't have them now yeah um, maybe she ran out of fuel 
It's like maybe, maybe. not that life, you know, whereas like Tiffany was like, hey, listen, I'm here. Zeus Network is cutting the checks. Like I will, I will be the, the grand mom forever. And I just, um, yeah, I just love her. I'm looking forward to catching up on your recap of her and your show because I just think that she really deserves like all of the flowers because she's mm-hmm. like just a person. I don't, I, I just know, I think I have good instincts. I know I wouldn't have been able to pull that off. When, when this bitch came in full lingerie smoking cigarettes, while Pumpkin and Hoops were in the bed with Slade and she was just in the corner just judging. I was like, mm-hmm. the confidence, like, just the gall. I just, I... Right. There I is a certain kind of Black American woman that's very attractive to me, and New York is it, but it's attractive to me now as an adult because I would like to imitate it, but I don't know where to access it. Where mm-hmm. it's like, they're not quite like debutantes, but they're like, you know, just bougie Black women mm-hmm. who are tacky and crazy and dramatic but like in a classy way you know what i mean like you know like a woman like new york is obviously doing terrible things to the people she's interacting with Mm -hmm. but there's something trashy and disgusting about the way you do it and it's like you know new york doesn't look tacky and gutter when she's calling hottie ugly but she's calling hottie ugly it's not a becoming characteristic but it's kind of just like a diva kind of like i don't know why your your bad behavior is sexy but it's like something about your bad behavior is classy and sexy in a way that like hotties wasn't you know is it is it a cardi b no because cardi's not classy in quite the new york way it's do you watch do you watch do you watch real housewives of atlanta Absolutely. So, like, I know this is going to be, I must Kenya more stand. So, like, but like, Kenya is not quite as likable as New York, but there's like a, I'm a very nasty person, but I'm classy while I'm doing it. And it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to roll down in the mud with you, but I'm also in the mud. Why is my mud nicer than your mud? But for some reason, it just seems like it is, you know? And so it's like, their hoop staying out of arguments is actually the classy thing to do, quote unquote. Right. But like Tiffany engaging in a certain kind of way made it classy to do so. And I, it's a talent that is masterful. Yeah. Right. I think the thing about the commonality between a Kenya and a, um, a New York is that they don't slinch. Like right. they do not, like you have to go from first taping to reunion and you do not ever flinch. You, you can't get, you can't give an inch and say like, Oh, you're right. I kind of, you have to be like, this is just how it is. And I think that, oh, that they, like, have, they have no back down. Both yeah, New York and that's Kenya. right. That's New York has no back down. And that's another thing. It was like, she had no back down except for with Flav. And it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. she did the right part in like seducing the audience by saying, look, she is here for him. See? Mm -hmm. And she gonna give us good TV over here too. Yes, you're so right about that. And I think what's amazing about that is that is a level of like you you stepped out of the matrix of of mm-hmm. misogyny. You know what I mean? Because the reason why women yeah. back down is because we're told that we're crazy or negative or gossipy or right. Like there's this voice in the back of our head, this misogynistic voice telling us something we did was wrong and we should apologize yeah. for it. And so like they've opted out of that. Like and I think that's why they're villains who like you have to keep watching. Um, and I really I uh, maybe this is wrong. New York is not a villain. Anymore. She just right. 
Well, so the thing is, my definition of villain has expanded, right? Right. And so, like, New York is a villain to me, but she's a villain to me because the edit made her the bad guy first season, right? So it's like, my brain just goes, my brain goes, there was a nice little girl Mm -hmm. that they made hoops. Ooh, the colorism thing is now very, very apparent to me. As I heard myself say that, I was like, yeah, the the rewatch is so real. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, like, here's this pretty sweet tomboy who just mm-hmm. likes slave, right? And then here's this loud, ratchet, mean, condescending, dark-skinned girl. And so, like, they wanted us to think of her as the villain. And I call her the villain because she wore it. She had no problem bullying anybody. And... My thing is, like, my definition of the word villain has empathy in it. You're the bad guy, but you're not a bad person, right? right. So, like, they had, New York was the bad guy. She was going around being mean to girls for no reason. Like, she was, you know? So, but it's not like she's the bad guy for whom I have no empathy. She's my favorite. Right. You can be a bad guy and right. you don't. And be you know? the, the protagonist. Yeah, no, and you're not wrong. I think, I, I, I want to acknowledge, like, she is a villain to the women on the show. Like, she's definitely painted as a villain. But yeah, like, when I was rewatching, I was like, girl, like, you, what would I do without you? You know what I mean? Like, I can't. So, so, well, that's for me. another. But that's another thing, and this is why I love reality television so much, because especially with women characters on television, and I'm going to speak in terms of characters, because I don't like acting like these reality TV people are themselves in real life on TV, unless they're Ramona Singer, who's a horrible human being. But if you... <laughs> she's a monster. She's truly a monster. She was born like, in Jim when- Crow, y'all. Let's really just keep it in perspective. <laughs> that bitch is old as hell. Um, I was like, I have to watch this premiere with a black person because I cannot risk watching Ramona meet a black woman without my black friends around for support. Yeah. <laughs> I like, okay. Pardon? I was just trying to say that cast is passed under the radar for Black Lives Matter and racism. Like they yeah. somehow just kept like it's like their racism is just so sprinkled in. Yeah, they just sprinkle the racism in so you don't notice it. But yes, yeah, so yeah. sorry. That's a whole other no, totally I took you there. See, I told you before. It yeah. was what I was saying was what's so cool about reality TV versus just like women characters in general is like if if Flavor of Love were a scripted show Hoops would just be perfect and angelic and um New York would just be the bad guy. We might get a couple scenes about things from her perspective, but generally speaking, like, it would be villain, good guy. And so, like, like about reality TV, and I think some of our most favorite characters from reality TV in general are people who you see production try to paint them a certain way, and they're charming enough to dodge production's, like, framing and Mm -hmm. win. It's, like, very clear to me, like, season one of Atlanta, Nini and uh, production had invested in Kim and Sheree as the stars of the show. They didn't know Nini was going to it seemed to me. I mean, just imagine. And so it's like Nini was so spectacular because it was just like she emerged anyway. Not that they didn't recognize her hilarity like they did, but it was was supposed to be a show about Sheree and Kim as socialites and Nini took over and and, uh, and I love that because I don't know that if it were a scripted show, a character like Nini gets anything other than being a sidekick. You know what I'm saying? 
And um, I want to table that because I would really love to record something separate with you because I think the anthology of all this shit is so you're bringing up some real some like really good insights. So I definitely agree. Like I think that um the impact of the producers and the ways that they like think they know what they're doing and then there's the breakout stars. I think that it's like you said like that it changes history. It's like the butterfly effect. Like this person steps up and it it ends up changing the whole course of how yeah. we think about the series and yeah. even you know you mentioned Zeus Network. God yeah. forgive me, Johnson's Cabaret Atlanta is oh. the best I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my God. Um, but I'm like, how is a Jocelyn even possible? Oh, New York is why a Jocelyn is even mm-hmm. possible. Because there's no way that VH1 makes a star out of the other girl, the other woman, or makes a star right. out of the former escort stripper without New York being a black woman villain who turns into a superhero, you know, yeah, and who like becomes a protagonist. It's like it paves a way almost, you know what I'm saying? And Jocelyn makes here's where Cardi B comes through. Jocelyn makes Cardi B possible after that. Absolutely. Okay. I'm okay. Can we make a deal? I'm going to get back to the script because I actually want to talk yeah, about all sorry. of this without... No, no, no. Listen, I want to talk about this like in a separate episode. We can just like get into it and I don't have to keep pulling you away. And I, I'm taking notes because I'm like, this is amazing. Okay. So um, I just want to run through it because now I'm like bored by Flavor of Love because I want to talk about this other <laughs> stuff. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, no, no. It's great. I love it. Okay. So I want to... Uh, I just want to bring up characters and get your read on them from... Because I know like you haven't had the chance to recap. So I think that's what's kind of cool. Like mm-hmm. it's just like first impressions. So Sirius comes back. Sirius is the model who he kicked off his hand. Unimpressed. (laughs) Why? Okay, let's tell me more. Unimpressed. Here's where my internalized misogyny comes in. It's like, girl, you're not pretty enough for this. Like, all this that you're doing, the way she was talking, you would think she was Giselle from Potomac or something like she was taught I was like you are a pretty light-skinned woman I don't care that you and it's like are you a model or have you done a shoot before because like it was just like it was it was I don't mind a woman bragging on herself in fact I love it we just talked about how I love when a woman I love an arrogant woman especially if she's black or I love it especially on reality tv but it's just like there's arrogance because you you deserve to be arrogant and then there's arrogance like i'm selling this to you because i don't believe it and serious comes off to me like i swear to god guys i'm pretty enough to be a model and that's why i'm gonna tell you know as opposed to being actually like i don't think she actually thinks she's any more beautiful or better than those women i think she's trying to tell us to tell herself absolutely it makes me think of like a how and i really don't mean this in a bad way i swear to god how i just happen to never have really seen cynthia bailey model anything now i'm not a fashion girl so there's no reason why i've seen cynthia and stuff i'm a little older than you i do think there's definitely an age thing but it's like when she came onto the show i didn't i wasn't like this bitch isn't a model i was like clearly it's on me because i don't yeah. follow fashion mags you know and then they had but give she her also the credit. looks like one right yeah exactly like and then to give her the credit she um she did that party one season where everybody came as her iconic looks so again it was like okay you know that's on you you don't know the research so with serious i think you're i think you're really nailing it like she was early up and coming she also was like the other interesting thing i think about it from a um 
time capsule perspective is this was before BBL booties were it. So it's like she was a she was like a bad bitch in a king magazine with that with the natural body. Yeah. And so I think that's what she was saying. Like, you know, like I'm that I'm an urban model. Yeah. She was a she was a that. video. She looks like a video vixen to me. Yeah. And but my thing is like, who cares? Like, yeah. Cares? <laughs> well, because like, the thing she did them, she did this crazy thing where she gave Flav like pictures of her. Like she like really made her whole existence on the show about right. the fact that she's valuable because she's this gorgeous model. And that actually is what ended up getting her kicked off. So I, I love that she yeah. picked up on that. And also, you know, like that's like when they showed that quick clip of her doing that on the reunion, I was like, okay, so here's another person who knew that her end goal was to come onto the show and get famous. It's such a weird thing where you see the hodgepodge. It's like some people get it and some people don't. And it's so weird, like, because now on every reality show, for the most part, everybody gets it. Right. And it's such a weird thing to see some people getting it and some people not and how much of a disadvantage the people who don't get it are at. Like, obviously, I don't know that Sirius's career benefited from any of this, but she really did get a lot of airtime talking about her being a model, right? Yeah, good for her. I do hope, yeah, like, it's one of those, like, blanket prayers where I'm like, I hope everyone is doing very well. <laughs> like, I hope that everyone just, like, wherever you land is where you want it to be, because I do have, like, a lot of um, sadness thinking about women who come in here thinking that it's going to be them and they're going to take their right. break. And then, yeah, and then they just don't. And I, I just hope... I genuinely hope that everyone's good because when, when I was looking up women at this point, um, the only person who had like catapulted was New York. And so, or, and, and hoops is like, you know, kind of influenced her status. So I guess like that would make sense. But the rest of them, like, I don't even know. If, Cause I think that pumpkins choices here made her like infamous. Well, I'm, I remember that pumpkin had to keep doing reality TV for a while and I'm pretty sure she did porn. If I remember correctly, that was, that was a correct. lot of these women, the a lot of these women, it was interesting because the white women who did the VH1 dating shows fell into porn or sex work a lot. But I don't know if yeah. if that's true about the women on Flavor of Love or if they're better at being discreet about it. But that was something that I remember. Um, that's an amazing that point. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Oh, I don't know. But there's also, I think, a permission for being an open sex worker in white spaces that there isn't for black people. So mm-hmm. it might have something to do with that as well. Because mm-hmm. like so many, it, like <laughs> the other day, I was just thinking about how many people I didn't realize were escorts, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I mean, that brings up the yeah. cast member of Atlanta. Again, you know what I mean? Like, just it's like it's very prevalent. I think, or in this day and age, like the explosion of OnlyFans is really interesting yeah. because it's people being outwardly like, "Hey, I'm a lawyer," and also here's my sex page, and it's like, huh? Um, and it's almost like if enough people have done it, you almost feel like, okay, you like I, not that I want to shame it, but it's like you literally can't shame it because everyone's doing it. Like, who right, would you right. say that you should in this day and age? People are home, like they want to see porn. So yeah, right. it's like amazing to um, it's like you said, some of these women would have soared in the Instagram age and just done mm-hmm. a lot better. I just I yeah. so yeah, so I had that empathy for them as well. I mean, even they were, you know, they were like slut shaming each other. And I'm like, you guys uh, are one of 20 people to kiss so on annoying. this man. You are all sluts. We are all so here, annoying. not in Mbappé, you know? That's one thing I <laughs> know. Not- so 
I would have to not tell my family I was on a show like this because I'd be fucking like I just <laughs> I just would I just be like look I'm bored like it was you would discover some things about me so I'm just the slut shaming is very weird for me because it's but like also it just also sorry to cut you off it's just like a weird it's just a weird framing because like we're all participating in slut behavior even if I hold out I'm part of this harem still so I'm encouraging promiscuity even if I separate myself and pretend I'm more chaste. It's like I'm also still here being part of this man's harem. So why are we out here slut shaming one another? It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah, no, but I think that again, going back to this sociological discussion we're having about misogyny it's like you know like I get, no no I'm saying like I love that because because the way that you plug in this idea of I'm going to be the better of the women is like you're still competing like you understand yeah. you're playing the game and that we didn't make up the rules so like mm-hmm. these rules are, that's what that's why the feminism movement makes a new wave every couple decades because it's like oh we didn't get it we didn't catch it all this time you know what mm-hmm. I mean so yeah I think um I think you're exactly like I couldn't you put it into really good words because I just knew that I didn't like that idea or like that hoops is like hoops in the, in the finale is like oh you open up your legs to anybody it's like yeah. you mean the nigga you've been both fighting for for the last yeah, two weeks yeah exactly you know the dude that you are trying to th- like we came here trying to get to smash him like that was the end game. Okay. It's like, did I beat you? Are you mad about it? Yes, I was mad about it. Yeah. And then it felt like punishment when Flav didn't choose her. Because it was like, oh, mm-hmm. so I'm going to yeah. punish you for fucking me by not wiping you? Like, that sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think um one thing to to mention uh, Laura Marie Shane Hall's show, Insatiable Bitch Goddesses, one, one thing they covered on their show that I remember, I forgot from Rock of Love, is like, Brett Michaels was this creature right oh, but yeah i do not i can't with him but he had a moment where i just think about this one particular moment where he was supposed to spend the night with someone she denied him and then he just talked about how he couldn't stop thinking about her and she was just on his mind oh, and it's, yes that girl and, that won yes won the first season was, yeah. and so this idea of like making him wait is going to translate to a relationship is like that's not just VH1s that's Steve Harvey's rules that's you know what I mean right. that's all like it's this idea that men live by these set constraints of rules and that they're not human it's really weird to me when I think about but it but the thing is like they do that's the thing that's so messed up about it like that's the thing because I was like I was skimming this show called VH1's Couples Retreat they re- they brought it back and they have like a bunch of people on I, from Love I, and Hip Hop on it on them, but I love the idea of those shows like i can always I just get right too. in no it's like it's really crazy because i don't know why and i might go back to why i hate the dating shows but i love the fixing relationship shows it's like it's like subvert this like toxic presentation mm. of misogynistic love show me a black man trying to figure out how to love his woman you know what i mean like that feels subversive to me and so maybe that's why i'm attracted to it but it's like i was watching uh page one uh couples retreat and it was like showing like the men versus the women and it was so crazy because it's like the men did need a separate male doctor to talk to because men do perform this toxic masculinity it's like you don't want to stereotype them but they do perform it and so it's like you did need to get some dude who translated what AJ Johnson said eloquently but Mm -hmm. translated like you did need that and you did need 
Mendices to tell this guy to be good to his wife because he wouldn't listen to a woman tell him to be good to. It's so bizarre to be like confronted yeah. with thing to um, encourage men to be open enough to be vulnerable and show their dynamic like complexities or whatever. But like realizing that the way to get them there is to like approach them the man way that yeah. they've been taught. I have this recent, this recently formed theory that manhood is a cult. It and is. I really feel like the, yeah, like cause they're taught very strict rules from top to bottom. And so what you're speaking to is this idea that someone needs to understand that and translate it. Because if I say anything critical of masculinity or manhood at first, your first, your training is shut me out. I'm an angry feminist. I don't get it. I don't get what it's like to be a man. Right. Yeah. And then, um, also one, one critique that like eventually we'll get to as a community. I don't know if we're ready yet is like that there are black women raising their sons to also be a part of this cult. Like it's like, again, because we bought into this idea of manhood and we're really fucking ourselves over because when you think about like the theories of how like what what people attract to on like an animal level, it is very much based on what you were raised with. Like that doesn't mean that's the best thing for you. That doesn't mean that's what you'll be happy with. It's like right, what you're right. attracted to. And so if you keep letting toxic men help form your sense of what manhood is, it, it, it'll keep perpetuating itself. Right. So it's like it's as simple as having a generation have men in their lives who like have duality and act like humans and have emotions too to have like different relationships. But I, I have long it's said that so interesting that yeah. manhood is a cult because it makes 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 guys like Kevin Samuels or like DJ Academics make more I'm sense. I'm gonna pass to me. out. You just two, you just said two <laughs> names that will put me into a coma. I'm so disgusted by okay, I'm gonna table those two because I'm like it, this mm-hmm. is I have a rant in me about them. So okay. So let me ask you about I feel like um this I'm hoping to like hype people up to hear the other part of our conversation and tune in to the other episode. So um you tell me about what you feel about serious and I definitely think that you nailed it. Do you remember Sweetie, the one who well you just watched. So Sweetie is the yeah. one who um had like she was a singer. She had this bedazzled wave cap on. Um <laughs> interesting. It was, so, it was so early on. It felt like a Jaheim video. You know what I mean? Where it's just okay. like a bandana around you with your rhinestones or some shit. <laughs> it's a time it's truly a time sa- time capsule because it's like, wow, this is amazing. Like how like because yeah. that was it. Like that was the fit. She was banging at that point. She and was so she, banging. She's the one who called slave R word on the way out because yeah. she's from Philly and she wants to let him know he's the R word for letting her go and again I, the, what I did I gave myself permission to rewatch this and live in the moment and not mm-hmm. live in the now and in the moment I got what she was saying she's saying I know um, I, I also didn't I also didn't it didn't hit my ear in a mm-hmm. way Same, that yeah. like that hearing the F word might or like hearing right. a transphobic thing. Not that, you know, it's but it's okay, didn't but feel yeah, like but that you, level of But you knew it was like just yeah. it was like it wasn't directed towards anyone yeah. with disability. It was saying yeah. like something like stupid, which is yeah. which is why how you should not use that word, but you knew it was like she'd yeah. be like, What do you mean? I don't mean them, I mean that you know, like she yeah, wouldn't exactly. And and I like I don't remember the word being casually in my vocabulary except for like one incident at school where my teacher corrected me without correcting me. It was very nice of him actually. But he like but like other than that, like I 
don't remember usually using myself casually, but I remember it was casually around for sure. So like mm-hmm. I, it didn't, it didn't shock me. It just was like, Oh, we could never now <laughs> kind of thing. Um, I didn't like yeah. her in this short clip, to be honest with you. I didn't enjoy it. She well, felt so, intense. Right. Well, I would say, though, the context that I think is valuable here for anyone who's just tuning in is that her exit was epic. She had an exit where he kicked her okay. off. He, he felt like she wasn't real. And he she literally said, Flav, do you even want real? Do you even love yourself enough to accept real if you found it? I'm out of here. And I was like, <gasps> it was like, cheers, okay. man. Like, yeah, like she gave him a read on the way out because she really liked him. But he like, um. He was kind of like doing that thing where he he made up a reason because oh oh actually sorry to bring it back to chastity she didn't kiss him on the date and oh, he okay. told she wasn't ready oh yet. wow she was like oh you don't really want me and she was like no and then so then she started to act like she wanted him because she saw the other women doing it and he said she was fake for that so yeah oh, that, yeah so, so she, it was she can't win for losing right that's what it was um the crowd boos her. Yeah, I didn't enjoy her either, to be honest with you. Now, I do. It's important that what you just said about the crowd, because I was very taken aback by how on the on Flav's side the crowd was like the crowd had Flav's back. And like maybe because it was the first season, there was like no kind of cognizance of all the guys slimy too. We're all playing a game. It was just like. It was like very earnest. No, you're not here for Flav or you are here for Flav. That's like how the audience seemed to respond. And but like. I don't know. I don't know why I was like rejecting. I like, cause I'm sure like if I had watched that clip as you describe it, I'd be like, slave is a misogynistic piece of shit, you know? But in this moment, it's it just felt weird. Yeah. It did. It felt even if, you know, even as you give this like explanation, she still feels a little too intense for me. Cause it's like, don't go to the guy who's, at the top of the stairs in a in a rented mansion looking down at women and titties and be like are you ready for real clearly not (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean you have a point it's like it's a realness you love to hear but you're also like ma'am he won't this won't hit him for three to five years from now like he'll have a moment in the tub when he's like oh wait she was right but it's not getting through right now in this environment because he's still and also like i'm here on my smash everybody tour like this Mm -hmm. isn't you know what i'm saying like I don't, I'm sure production keeps people away from people so that it doesn't happen constantly. But like, this is my see everything, feel women up. If I want it, I'm Flavor Flav and I just came off of a reality um, resurgence. If I wanted to actually find a wife in a a happy way, Mm. I could. I'm on a TV show. I want to fuck a lot of pretty things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, um, so I just want to record Flay's response. So they show the video of Sweetie calling him the R word. And he says, you know what? That wasn't no diss to Flay because I understood where she was coming from. And honestly, I will agree with her because I got rid of her and kept hottie. That's R worded. And it's like, yeah. nobody's upset about this. <laughs> and Lala goes, I'm feeling you on that, Flay. So everyone's okay with this at this point. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was like, if I like first of all it was a good joke you know if we're talking about technical like proficiency it was a well-written joke and so I'm like damn if he didn't use a slur it would be like it would be a great joke but the like the impact of the word is because it's a bad word you know but yeah um I mean I understood the sentiment and I get what he's saying but it's like 
here's me not knowing if Flav knows the show is real or not. Because it's like, you know exactly why you kept hottie. Production told you to. That's why you kept hottie. You know exactly why you did that. Right. Like, does Flav think the show is real? I want to believe that Flav said, don't tell me nothing. I want to believe that Flav just shows up every day. That's that's the theory I'm running with, that Flav just shows up at call. Okay, two hours late for call. It's like, look... <laughs> I'm good. I got Rick. Don't don't really. You don't have to tell me nothing because I genuinely even know Rick in real life. I mean, (laughs) no, but I did. I do think Big Rick is someone who's doing fine now. I think he sold his limo business, and I think he's a deacon at the church. So I'm like really happy that Big Rick is doing well. He okay. So then they bring up. Well, I'm skipping around, but then Red Oyster comes around, and she gets booed. And I, I was was surprised by that. she was my everything like she the way she would go and like <laughs> run to him was hilarious. I would never have done that but the way she did it was so funny because she'd just be staring there in her red like scope in the scene and people <laughs> knew it, it'd be different if people didn't know you know she's the snitch so like you're still mm-hmm. doing dirt she's gonna do her job right exactly do her job I think that was what stood out to me when the audience didn't respond well and even the other women because I was like oh they don't think of it as their job yet because it's the, you know like they, they aren't on New York's level yet and even Red Oyster herself didn't know what she was doing because she couldn't articulate what she was doing in a way that explained to these women why they shouldn't be mad about it like she had a hard time explaining to them why because there's no difference to me between what she did if I remember correctly and what New York had been doing the whole season but it was I was like what what is it about Oyster that even the audience didn't like and I that that made me wonder too like was there some like racial tension with mm-hmm. Oyster and other people? Because I was like, was it like this Asian woman is narking on all these black women and it's like rubbing, rubbing people wrong. Cause she's like snitching on black girls to get close to a black man kind of thing. Or like, yeah. is that why the women responded poorly to it? Is that why the audience responded poorly to it? Like I was just like, and you know, she came out in like an SNM kind yeah, of love outfit. It. I was like, why? I was like, why isn't she liked by people? Like, this seems like this would be great in 2021. Well, this is my theory. My one theory is that, like, yeah, she was like sex positive in a, before there's a movement, right? So I think that, like, her coming out in SNM made her seem weird and otherly and, like, okay. in a way, like, even though she's shown no hint of sex appeal with Flav, it's like, oh, you know your sex, ugh, I don't know. You know, like, I think there's something about that because all the other women had on, like, long tees and, you know, mm-hmm. bell-bottom jeans or whatever. So I think there's that. I also, I think your read is very accurate. Accurate, so I'm gonna I'm, I definitely want to incorporate it into mine but I but the thing I was saying be- I was thinking before is I think the real problem is like she knew early on her and Flav didn't really have that yeah thing. she peaked yeah. it but she wanted so to she played the show. right and I think yeah. that was just, right and it's so it's like these, it's a very she, survivor kind of move yeah. it's like it's like okay let me figure out how I can make it as long as possible to capital yeah it's a very strategic competition mm-hmm. reality show move and but these I, women didn't seem to realize they were on a competition reality show. If me and a guy had no sex appeal, I'd become his BFF, bro. Yes. At his side, just like, look, I don't like her, and I'm gonna tell you why. You know what I mean? I just yes. like, because why not? Like, I'm, a, I want to be on. Kind of, and also, like, you know, going again, like on Jocelyn's cabaret, for example, there's like a whole argument about who's the bottom bitch in Jocelyn's like 
I guess, cabaret or hostel of women or whatever. But it's like, they're like red oysters giving bottom bitch energy. And I like don't mind it. You know what I'm saying? And so, it's, I mean, obviously that's co-opting sex worker language. So I, I just mean it in the way that Jocelyn's using it on her show. It's like in the reality TV like, if version of it, like red oysters doing it. And it's so interesting to see that version of a person get rejected back then, but like would be thriving right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, right. She'd have a, she'd have like a whole read it about people who loved like to snitch <laughs> you know what I mean I don't know who like exactly. who she would attract uh, yeah. she would have a secret standum she wouldn't be like mainstream popular but she would have I like the have way it. that Shaw or somebody has like stands who just like rapidly respond to like every um, I haven't uh, thought about the importance of her being Asian as well like I think that that's representation on these shows that is sorely lacking like you know we cause, I, cause I'm always big into like you know where the black people at but then you have to start having some awareness like okay where are, are the Asians like where are the natives like what the hell like this is literally bad so yeah I do stand her one thing that started to happen that I really did not like was Georgia and Rain are giving comments from the back and I'm like yes. since you you watch like I watch pipe down yeah exactly yeah I didn't like that because um and I think you know VH1 and every other reality show after that kind of figured out that you bring the quote-unquote extras for a brief segment and then remove them because you don't need commentary from the peanut gallery it was clear that they once they realized what a sensation the show was they needed to like you know capitalize on their ability to come back and like make a moment and also just kind of like you had your opportunity on the show to make a splash and you didn't and it's like I don't need a reunion redemption performance if you're not coming back the next season right like I understand the incentive to do it on a show where the cast remains mostly the same but it's like if there's not a next season for you to come back on like I don't need you to spend all of this hour where I want to talk to the people I've got to no longer trying to get to know you I'm uninterested yeah that's why the business sucks because it's like it's not about the community it's about the couple people that like resonated and yeah we, like, we well, get it, really profound absurd yeah because like cause they have lies you know but I didn't see them so I don't really want to hear more yeah <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so yeah. um yeah I think eventually one of them gets booted because they keep acting like they want to fight um and I was wasn't upset I about that. Rain. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, oh, but Rain was the intensity that we talked about this already, but like, because when she was in that car yelling at New York, I was like, man, like, therapy is that's really calling for you. Yes. Therapy is calling. That's, <laughs> that's the next call you need to answer she, when you leave here. And, you know, and it was like, that's the thing. It's another thing. It's like, because, like, on reality TV show, like, it's still a television show, so I still want to feel good when I'm watching it, right? And, like, there's a certain kind of, like, you need enough desperation for someone to debase themselves for my entertainment on television, right? But mm-hmm. I don't need too much desperation or it starts to be unpleasant to experience. And like, I think that if we got more of rain, we would have gotten a sour person. I don't think it would have been it. Right. Yeah, I think, oh man, and that resonates because haven't you ever been like, yo, I'm the best? And then you realize afterwards, like, mm, I probably would have like 
shown my ass by a guy. Like, you just are glad that you don't get a chance to yeah. do something or be somewhere I would longer. never, I yeah. could not, I could not imagine being in such a high pressure situation because even just moving to Los Angeles for a job ruined my brain. So, like, I couldn't imagine <laughs> putting myself in a pressure cooker of a, a rented mansion against all these guys. Like, it's actually insane. Like, the premise of every reality show is insane. Absolutely. But, like, this is an insane one. That is crazy. That's crazy. What the fuck were they doing? I mean, I'm, I'm smiling as you say that because it's like this is how history is made by doing things that make no sense and then recording them and us just being like, okay, like that's how easily things become okay. Like we just they just did them in the 2000s because mm-hmm. there's that things like he has challenges in here, but he just feels them up and they just stand in line waiting to get felt up. <laughs> You telling lies. For real? It wasn't, it wasn't framed as that, but it was like he blindfolded himself. He was like, how do I figure out who you are? And oh, it was yeah. And it was like, <laughs> oh, of course, they're going to put their titties in his hand to win. To win. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so funny to me because, you know, like, I'm obsessed with all kinds of reality shows. So, like, a show that, like, I grew up with was, like, The Real World and then, you know, mm-hmm. The Challenge. And now all of the challenges are on Paramount Plus, right? And there are whole episodes that the challenges act like never happened. But there are just, there are episodes where it's like, oh no, 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 we can't put that on TV in 2021. And so like there are all these like sexual challenges from way oh. back to, so it's like, you know, th- there are like challenges where the men have to like rub their bodies against each other to like melt ice. And it's clearly <laughs> to like get hot 20 somethings <laughs> to like rub, like grind on each other, right? You know? And it's like I don't know if they've cut those episodes, but I I wouldn't be surprised if I tried to watch season 16 of the challenge and it's like that episode where Robin used her titties to m- melt ice is not there anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean MTV and. I know they're not like that different. I'm sure they're all No, under- they're all under the same Viacom. Right. It's like MTV, BT, um, yeah. uh, VH1, and then like CBS and stuff. Yeah. But, or like, Paramount now. But. It is mind-blowing how literally if we were producers right now, we would be able to craft anything. And as long as we can get 20 people who want to be discovered to do it, they would come on and do it. And there'd be no dissonance. There'd be no, wow, this is too far. There'd be nothing. It's just that, oh, you're right, our sign of contract and we could get them to like you know we could get naked challenges we could get sexual we could do anything and i think that like that power is actually insane <laughs> like i never i never questioned it often enough it was great like i revisited the um the diddy moment on our podcast and i remember being 15 and being like the diddy making them walk and get cheesecake and i remember being i never being like that's hilarious and I'm 33 and I'm in the entertainment industry and I remember how hard it was and I've been in it for 12 years, 11 years and it's like, oh wow if I were 21 still and like thinking that this reality TV show where I clearly wasn't going to get my life changed but Diddy made me feel like I was going to get my life changed <laughs> and Diddy made me walk to Brooklyn from Midtown in heels to get him cheesecakes because he could like I would have done it and that's fucked up 
up. So, but now I feel like I feel like Diddy couldn't get away with doing that. Now I don't think so. I feel like I feel like there's a there's a like rejection of exploiting people that we didn't do before. Like yeah, we like I, I think we take reality TV and seriously enough as a genre that there's obviously still extremely exploitative reality shows, but it's like sometimes you we would go oh like MTV wouldn't I don't think MTV would put that scene on today right. like I don't think they would have you know there's something about the power dynamics that makes it such an ugly thing and I think you have that here where it's like Flav wasn't famous anymore but he's still famous mm-hmm. you know and like mm-hmm. if P. Diddy I'm talking at the height yeah. of diddiness yeah. may these episode. young people who are hungry like go get you know like that's it felt so I'm, I'm quiet because yeah I'm sorry I, mean, I was just gonna say I'm not ready to critique my Diddy um, feelings oh, yeah. <laughs> like you're bringing up some stuff that was like foundational to my teenagehood so I'm oh, like yeah. you're, you're right uh, and I'm not ready <laughs> No, I'm I've already reckoned with the fact that loving a black man who is a public figure comes with complex complications. Mm. You know what I mean? Like because a black man as successful as him doesn't get there without doing I mean, you're something. Right. But then it's like I'm not going to hate at a black man doing some things to, you know, so it's like a complicated, uh, thing. Like, I, I wouldn't, he would like, cancel Diddy. I would just be like, Diddy, come on. And MTV yeah. wouldn't put it on, is what I imagine. Right. Yeah. would be like, Diddy can't do that. Unless they were going to throw Diddy under the bus. I don't think they would air that. Yeah, like when it comes to like those type of figures, the fr- like I mean, you know, obviously I want to do a Me Too check. Like that's gonna happen across the board. Oh, no, then, no, no, you will yeah. never watch TV ever again if you do a Me Too check. Well, I'm just saying, like, like literally every reality TV show made before 2017, you will be like, can't watch this, can't watch this, can't watch this, can't watch this. Mm-hmm. If it's a dating show, he's groping. If it's women in the house, the men are ogling. There are men calling women ugly. Like, do not revisit the challenge for no me to check you will have a heart attack every episode no no you're right no 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 you're right I, and by me to check specifically I think it's just like are there open allegations against this man oh, open, undiscovered? Okay. yeah 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 because it's like cause, no you're right like is there things wrong <laughs> every you show know, like, I don't even mean just things wrong like there are things like oh to me like something about the Diddy clip and I keep mentioning that even though we're not talking about it but I, like it, it offended me in the way that it's like I've been enlightened about labor and mm. power dynamic and what capital is and like capital and you know and so like I think with um with with like a show like oh for example like the game the game had his version of flavor of love right and he definitely groped one of those girls right and he mm-hmm. owes her millions in a yeah. settlement money yeah. right and so like I feel like there's no way that there's not such kinds of groping on every show because if you're plying people with alcohol all yeah. day you have these girls who feel like they can't get camera time unless they're in bikinis offering mm-hmm. themselves sexually to the men there there obviously was groping you know non-consensual right. sex in the sense that people were blackout drunk or whatever probably your standard rape rape you know yeah. like I so like that's what I mean I don't mean like oh we're gonna you're gonna be oversensitive I mean you're gonna be like oh that probably shouldn't happen you know right. and like 
that probably led to something really bad and maybe they left more of the footage on the floor than we probably saw you know yeah it's just I, I just think there's a world where you can have a show like this where the man is that gross um I just, like there's so many men. can you imagine it what does it look like to you I'm trying to think see here's I, I'm scared to name a non-problem the only way it could be safe is if you get a bunch of poly people who yeah. are also queer so that like everyone at least ostensibly shows up with the same sort of power like in, like given the same amount of power it's like we're all queer yeah. we're all we're all open to loving um, relationships with multiple people so that there's no dynamic that's forced where we show up and this person has everything and I don't you know I that's the I, only I, way I think I got it and, and I hope I don't google him later and find that there's problems but okay so the the man is Michael Sarah and okay. it's all black women and that's the show I want to see <laughs> because I feel like he would be awkward enough that he wouldn't say the maybe he would say the wrong things I feel like he would say all the wrong things oh, okay you're right because even like let's remove the race angle for a minute for a second the, just because of the way men are socialized in America the minute you give a nerd that power he starts to perform the way right. those, those those guys do you know what I mean like think about like think about I just read an article that Bill Gates had a second girlfriend his whole marriage Yes, and he was allowed one weekend getaway with her a year. And it's like, yeah, you gave him a billion dollars and he gets to tell his wife he's going to keep a second girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? So That's Chrissy and Jim energy right that, there. What'd you say? That's Chrissy and Jim energy. That's the just don't embarrass yeah. me, girl. Right, don't embarrass me, marriage. And so it's like, it's like, yes, like, you're, even if you gave Michael, like, even if you're like, Michael Sarah feels like the safest dude. I just feel like there's something in it, and not innate in them, but something in instilled in them from so young that like the minute they get the thing that makes them manly enough to to lord over women like something will show up and be like yeah i have 20 girls after me we don't know michael sarah with 20 girls after him in one house you know what i'm saying well i'm gonna have to workshop this i will find uh the least problematic man in hollywood and then we will figure out the casting Thank you so much for listening to Baby Babe, the podcast by Chanel Creating. I had such a blast recording this episode with Ray Sani that we actually have like hours more content to break down for you. So we decided to break this up into two parts. So hope that you enjoyed part one of the finale of Baby Babe and looking forward to part two dropping same time next week, Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Um, you know, we had a really good time talking about all the different topics. So um, we didn't want to squeeze it down for any reason. So enjoy this two-parter. Cannot believe the end of the season is coming up so soon soon but i hope you've enjoyed this season one recap of vh1's flavor of love um yeah that's it thanks for listening always feel free to tweet instagram anything else at chanel creating and you know how we do this baby babe baby babe baby babe baby babe Baby, babe. 
Hey friends, I know you're here on the feed for some Chanel creating content. Wanted to check in from my alter ego, Coach Chanel, and let you know what I do during the day. I am a trained life coach with a focus on energy integration, living your full life, thinking about mind, body, and spirit. I am also committed to this journey towards your best self with each of my clients. And I'm just really, truly big on giving my clients the support and love and tough firmness that they need to get to the place they want to be. So I wanted to invite you guys to learn more by checking out the website, www.chanelcreating.com, but also, uh, you know, going specifically to the M4H Power Coaching Coach Chanel project site to see more about the philosophy to see more about what I offer for anyone who's interested I do offer like a free consultation session to learn more so you just again look on the website chanelcreating.com or you can go right over to picktime.com slash coach chanel and set up a free hour session in that session we figure out if we can actually work together by talking through what you're interested in what you know about coaching what your healing experiences have been um, and I can share more about my philosophy I share my universal beliefs with my clients and we kind of go from there and figure it out so I really hope that you guys will consider me um, for life coaching experiences you need and and having like an intuitive sense of what is best for you and how we can make that happen and achieve that so really grateful and excited for you guys to give me the chance thank you so much